This podcast is brought to you by Uconnect, the creator of the first all-in-one virtual career center. Scale your impact and engage more students with a platform that puts all of your career resources in one place. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Career Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Sofransky. And for this episode, I wanna share a recent conversation I had with Keen Nguyen, the Associate Vice Provost for Student Engagement and Career Services at Illinois Institute of Technology. In this webinar recording, T and I talk about how Illinois Tech drove their highest enrollment in about 40 years by centering their recruitment strategy around career readiness. T shares how he built a partnership with enrollment management, how their new strategy has helped improve enrollment and retention, and how they use outcomes data as a key selling point in recruitment marketing. A couple times throughout the webinar, I share my screen to show Illinois Tech's Elevate portal, where they house a lot of their career readiness resources. We'll be sure to include the link in the show notes so you can check it out. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, everyone. My name is Ashley Safransky, lead marketing here at Uconnect. And I am super delighted to be joined by my friend, T. Wynn of Illinois Institute of Technology. And he and I are going to have a great discussion about how IIT really positioned career services, career resources, information, et cetera, and really made it the focal point of their enrollment strategy. And as a result, saw record enrollment because of it. So T, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. I'm really happy to be here. Again, I'm, my name is Tina Wynn, Associate Vice Provost for Student Engagement and Career Services at uh, IIT. Been at the university for just over three years now, and it's certainly been a blur. And We'll dive in a little bit more into the areas that I oversee as well. But in summary, they include uh, not only career services, but many of the student life functions at the university, including residence life, campus life, now pre-college, and some of the wraparound support services through one of our scholarship programs. And really what we're trying to do is connect the dots on all those things as it relates to career services, career development, Mm -hmm. enrollment, and retention. So looking forward to the conversation and great to see some friends as I look at the participants as well that are that are joining in. So no, I love it. No, thanks, T. Super pumped to have you here. So T, I am super pumped for this conversation because as you know, as you and I have been chatting, having worked, you know, I worked 10 years or so in new student recruitment at a large public institution within an enrollment management function. And even though it's been, you know, like five years or so since I was last on campus, even at that time, Questions about value, ROI, outcomes, job placement, career writing, whatever, you know, you name it, far and away, the number one thing that, you know, I personally and, you know, our staff was asked about and we tried to talk about, that was five years ago. I think fast forward now, and I think we would all agree that it's more, it's heightened, right? The prospective students and, and parents, they care about it even more so now, which was hard to believe, even, you know, if, as I think about back then, it's, you know, the prevalent thing for, will I pursue post-secondary at all? And then if I do decide to, where? So I think this conversation is super timely and I'm just, you know, delighted to have you here. So you kind of mentioned T a little bit about, you know, what you oversee um, and kind of the different functions in your role, but I always love to kick things off with just a little bit of, you know, background and context setting. So maybe you can talk a little bit about 
you know, your career services team, where you're situated organizationally, IIT in general, just anything that you think would be helpful to share? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ashley. Happy to kind of give a little bit more context and details behind that. So the career services team here is, you know, right around actually eight people. But I like to think really the career services team is actually 20 plus people. Because if when I look at all the areas that roll up to me, so to speak, we're all focused on one thing in many ways, and that's the student experience. And really, I think at, at IIT or Illinois Tech, that's how we're really trying to define mm-hmm. career services and career development. It's about the experience. We believe that the myriad of experiences students can gain through you know, what we often think about internships and co-op is, is important, but also in other ways, research, being involved in student organizations, leadership, volunteer, the list goes on and on. So that's how we like to think about it. In terms of where we're housed, we're housed within the enrollment management function. That is relatively new. I believe that change was made right before I joined as well. So in many ways, I think it was a very strategic move to think about it. I don't think we knew or I knew exactly how it would be positioned or what it would look like mm-hmm. um, before I joined and once I joined, you know, in those first few weeks, but it quickly took shape as well in terms of um, the focus on how to position career services and how it, in this case, ties into the enrollment management and, and recruitment functions. Mm-hmm. We'll get into this a little bit too. I think, you know, at the surface, it's easy for someone to hear like, oh, well, you're you're under the enrollment management umbrella. So, you know, of course there's, a, you know, alignment, but I think as you and I have talked, and I think anyone who's worked on campus knows it's, it's totally, it's not just a given that, you know, there's automatic collaboration and partnership based on, on where you're situated. So we'll, we can dig into that a little bit. Hey friend, if you're enjoying this podcast, I think you'd really like the Career Everywhere newsletter. Every Thursday, we'll hit your inbox with Career Everywhere related articles, videos, podcast episodes, and more. Our goal is to share best practices and strategies directly from the innovative career leaders implementing them every day. Join over 1,000 other career leaders and subscribe today at careereverywhere.com slash subscribe. Can you share just even a little bit about, you know, your journey and your background? You know, I know you spent a number of years at Northwestern, but it would love mm-hmm. just to hear, you know, you oversee so much now, but just, you know, the progression to where, how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to do so. I think in many ways it's somewhat traditional and in some ways non-traditional. So I started at Northwestern and at least in my higher ed career, spent 11, 12 years there actually building my career and worked both within a student affairs organizational setting. So, you know, because we're talking a lot about organizational setting today, I think that's important. And that was within the central career services space. At that point in time, I was known as university career services and then moved over to the academic side where I was with the McCormick School of Engineering at Northwestern and being a part of the co-op and internship programs there. So really being on the academic side in addition to the student affairs side. And then roughly 10 years ago, it goes so fast, made the move to my first director level position at University of Illinois at Chicago, UIC. Mm-hmm. And I had a wonderful experience there in terms of really you know, helping, working with the team and integrating career services there within a large public university setting. And that really led me to Illinois Tech IIT just over three years ago. So I'm a little bit of private university, well, 
actually a lot of private university experience and uh, quite a bit of public university experience as well. The only thing I will say is, you know, it's all been in Chicago and uh, I love it, but I keep getting a little bit further from home in terms of my commute. So that's probably the hardest thing these days. So, oh, yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that uh, pretty remarkable career so far. So, you know, well, let's work backwards, right? So we're talking about record enrollment, which mm-hmm. is just, you know, what a fantastic outcome and, you know, kudos to you and, and the whole team at IIT, I think, amid everything that's going on and all of the headlines that we all read to be one of the few institutions that can say, hey, we increased enrollment this past year, I think is pretty remarkable. So hats off to you all. I think it'd be great just to start with some stage setting, right? What was the problem? I think we know the problem, right? But like, how did you all think about the problem that you were trying to solve? How was that problem identified? What was the timing like? So if you think back, you know, what was it a year, a little over a year ago, T? Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe exactly. that's a good place to kind of get going. Yeah. Yeah. So this started really, I mean, definitely about a year ago. And like all of us probably on this call, we we're coming off of um, what we still are, COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, all of our enrollments were impacted by that. And you know, not only deferrals, but lessening of the application pool and so forth. And students really, I think, taking a hard look at higher ed in a really difficult time. And I think as a team, and when I say as a team, the enrollment team plus some, we realized that we needed a new strategy, that what we were doing wasn't going to work in this environment. And what's interesting is we had this framework that was sitting around and we were starting to build on it, you know, called Elevate. And it's been in existence for, you know, probably at least five years. And I certainly didn't come up with it. One of my, you know, dear colleagues did. And we decided to jump on it and really reframe what Elevate meant for the university. And I think the reason we did that is we, looking at the students that attend IIT, we realize we have a fairly high percentage of first-gen students, a fairly high percentage of students that are Pell eligible. And I'm obviously talking about the undergrad population. But even at the grad population, you know, it's, it's definitely more on the international side. There were some common themes. And the most common theme was students were thinking about jobs and careers and thinking about social mobility as well. And we're one of the leading institutions in the country from raising a family's socioeconomic standing, at least in the state of Illinois, you know, one of the top. And so we thought we had something that we could really jump off of. And that was, you know, Elevate, which is really focused on everything co-curricular in terms of the experience. And where we landed, and it's still continuing to evolve as we operationalize things, is we're guaranteeing experiences for students. Mm-hmm. Um, we're tracking it to the best of our ability, and we're going to continue to pour resources into that as well in making sure that students get that experience at Illinois Tech in ways that are interesting to them. Mm-hmm. And it's all about career readiness as well. On top of that, and, and this started you know, when I started Illinois Tech, we also moved into a position through Connects Help where we really wanted to focus on career outcomes as well. And that was kind of the first move we made even before anything else. Mm-hmm. And now we're all in, in terms of really making sure that we publicize our career outcomes, they're front and center. And now we're moving into a position where we want to, even though they're strong, we want to continue to improve our career outcomes and get buy-in from the colleges at mm-hmm. the university and how they're going to help us to do that as well. So that's a major focus for us going forward, amongst other things. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk more about outcomes. 
with the like, you know, when you were identifying, okay, enrollment, like many institutions, we're struggling and we've identified that, hey, our students care about career readiness. We have a high percentage of students who need additional resources. How was it? And maybe, you know, maybe you could just kind of dig deeper into what was needed to kind of make this institutional decision that we're going to go all in on career readiness in terms of new student recruitment and legitimately, you know, make our whole pitch center the whole strategy around career and career resources. Who was a part of that? And what did those conversations look like and sound like? Yeah, it was definitely a team effort. You know, it was definitely um, the associate vice provost or president for our undergraduate enrollment at the time. It was certainly me. It was our AVP for strategic initiatives or VP for enrollment, the top leadership as well, um, the president and, and provost. You know, in some ways it was a big bet but I think it was a safe bet. You know, we had some inherent strengths, certainly being in fields that are high demand, but I don't think we were doing a good job of talking about it. And, you know, it's a competitive space. I mean, even in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and we knew that we needed to really talk about something that distinguished ourselves as well in terms of the student experience. I think the other advantage we had was, I like to think of ourselves as kind of a Goldilocks type of institution. We're not too big and not too small. And what that allow, allowed us to do, I still think it could be done even if you're small or you're big, but it allowed us to quickly shepherd resources and get buy-in as mm-hmm. well, organizationally. It's a complex organization, but still small enough where you know a lot of people and you can yeah. really, really connect the dots. So I think it all came down to really the relationships that we already had built mm-hmm. in. And to your point, Ashley, you know, it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, we're housing enrollment management. Well, that's a super big division here at the university probably one of the biggest at the university. And just like, you know, you could be housed in other areas like student affairs, you could not know people, not talk to anyone in other areas. So regardless of where you're housed, I think there needs to be a lot of intentionality in thinking about that strategy and how you position career services, career outcomes when it comes to to the overall recruitment strategy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for digging in a little on that. You know, I think there's two sides to, to, you know, all decisions, right? There's like, we've made the decision about the strategy, which is great. We're going to do that. Sounds like the right plan. And then there's like execution, which is uh-huh. a whole thing, right? Just make getting to the decision is, you know, half the battle. Can you talk us through like how you thought about executing on that strategy? What was it like partnering with admissions and recruitment or, you know, admission counselors, technologies that you all really relied on or just anything that kind of gets into the weeds a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I will say it was a whirlwind, especially at the beginning, because as as you might recall, Ashley, we did it relatively quickly. I don't know if it was in record time, but when we made the decision to go all in with UConnect and to focus on Elevate, we we were fighting a deadline. And the deadline was, you know, the mission application process, which was last January. So we didn't really start the build until November, I believe, because I think we we really agreed to things in October and it was a fast build. So you had to shepherd a lot of people really, really quickly. And I think what made it work is we had the right people in place within my org, few key people within career services and the campus life team mm-hmm. were central to making this work. So I don't know if it's a little bit of happenstance or, you know, we had good vision, but we had the right people with the right talent to help move it along. And then 
getting our Office of Technology Services on board too quickly, because the challenge that we were running into is we were a little bit off cycle in terms of we have this project management function at the university, which actually works well, but we were off cycle in terms of wanting to get this done. But folks quickly realized that this was a priority for the university and, and kind of rallied around it in terms of getting focusing on the strategy, getting what we call the portal up and syncing it up in terms of the admission strategy as well. So lots of meetings, you know, almost daily. It was a quick build and it was certainly fast. We had to pivot multiple times as as we figured out what we can do and can't do and so forth as well. So yeah. So lots of meetings. That doesn't shock me at all. But I think that's great. I think it would be helpful maybe to I might just pull up because we were talking about this mysterious platform or page. And T, maybe as I do that, you can talk about when we refer to Elevate, like our Elevate portal, platform, whatever, you connect, we can just kind of show what that looks like. So I will share my screen and maybe you can kind of talk through it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So let me start with Elevate because I see that question in the chat. And that's definitely a good, relevant question. So Elevate, you know, one way to think about it is elevating your future. So it's just as much of a you know a catchy term as it is what we believe in. And it's really about making sure that students have access to, in some ways, a marketplace of opportunities and experiences. That's the only way to think about it. But where we're taking a little bit further is making sure that there's a proper mentoring and advising that coincides with that marketplace to ensure that students are mindful of all the opportunities that are available. So one of the things that I like to talk about when I frame Elevate for, for various folks is that I think universities in general are really good, actually, at offering experiences and opportunities. I think we've done that well for many, many years. I think what we're not good at is making those resources apparent to students as well. And that this is our attempt to do that. And we quickly realized that UConnect was going to be a big part of that strategy, that this could be our central portal or landing pages for the experiences at Illinois Tech. So, you know, as Ashley scrolls, you can kind of see the major categories here, and we define it by resources. And you can see from an enrollment standpoint, we have it very, this is very strategic in Mm -hmm. terms of having these breakdowns by admitted undergrad, current undergrad, and so forth as well. And then major stakeholders, success team. This is something we're still building out as well but making sure folks were aware of the resources that are available at the university. And then I think what many of us are are more um, knowledgeable about is the actual opportunities. But what we're really trying to do, I think, is in terms of career services, is thinking about career services a little bit differently. Hence, you see study away or study abroad there, research. We even have featured classes as well. And then what's really unique is what we call Blueprint. That's under Develop Your Plan. And this was developed in-house, and we're using Uconnect, the Elevate portal, to house it. And Blueprint is really a document that starts the planning process for students, where they can start envisioning how their co-curricular experiences can coincide with classes and so forth. And so we're utilizing that. And all this information is fed into Salesforce as well once they fill it out. So we have a record of it. And so we're just getting going on it. You know, I, I think it all looks good, right? But operationalizing it is, is hard work. And I have to admit, we're still doing it, but we got to kind of stay focused on that. So that's a little bit on the Elevate landing page. But mm-hmm. this has gained a lot of traction at the university, even now. You know, Certainly at the beginning, we had town halls at the very beginning. 
Recently, we sent out information on our career outcomes to the deans, just as a reminder, that got good traction as well. So there's a lot of awareness of the site currently and of what we're trying to do. Yeah. You know, I think you really hit a nail on the head when you said, like, typically, traditionally, I think, you know, what's being done really well is there's not a shortage of resources or opportunities or experiences. It's how to find them and how to navigate them and make sure that Mm -hmm. students have equitable access, right? They can access those resources 24 7, 365. So I think that's a really important thing. As I think about, like, you know, if I put my um, admissions and recruitment hat back on and I put myself back on campus, we as, you know, recruitment staff were just inundated all the time with talking points for specific departments or colleges or resources or show this when you talk to a student interested in business, but show that here's an outcome for, you know, a cool story to talk about for a student in from the history department or whatever. It's super hard, even as an internal staff member, to keep track of all of these different resources, opportunities, data points, et cetera. So I would love to hear how was the portal received from the admission staff? I know if it were me, I'd be like, thank goodness. I can just go to one spot and I can basically start all of my conversations from here, but would love to hear more about that. And just, I think how, like what types of trainings and conversations did you have with the admissions team on how to use your portal? Yeah, there are numerous conversations and I would call it more strategic sessions. I think one of the things we realized pretty early on is we needed the admissions team buy, you know, their buy-in to make this work as well. So certainly at the leadership level, you know, there was involvement there, at least in terms of the the ideation and so forth that happened. But then it came down to the execution and getting this off the ground. And one of the things we did, you know, I actually now I remember fairly well is as we were getting building the site, we were updating the missions team on what we were doing. Mm-hmm. We were also talking to them about their ideas, and to a certain extent, before we went live, they were some of our first beta testers as well. So they were a core group. Certainly, I think some of our students who worked for us in various areas. They were also beta testers as well. But um, we were very intentional about making sure that they were there. And they offered some really valuable input in terms of how they saw it as well. And then right, I can't remember exactly the timeline now, but right when we went live or shortly after we went live, probably a little before, we sat down with the entire admissions team as well and walked them through the vision for the site how to utilize it and some things to pay attention to as well. So there's some training that went into it. Yeah, absolutely. So it definitely sounds like it was built in partnership, right? Kind of from the jump and they were, you know, a part of the process versus, hey, here's this thing that you need to talk about. I think that always helps kind of getting people kind of along with the cause. There are some good questions about, uh, you know, like promoting, how is enrollment promoting the site? And I know I was going to ask you about like how is the portal or how are you promoting career resources at mm-hmm. different stages, right? Of mm-hmm. the admissions funnel. So there's, you're trying to just generate inquiries and applications to securing deposits. And just like anything else, I think there's different strategies and tactics used. So I'd love to hear more about how they're promoting it and then any specifics related to different points of the funnel. Yeah, yeah. So I'll start with prospective students and how we promote it and how we are promoting and then I'll pivot to current students as well, if that's okay. So I'd like to think we're pretty strategic 
when we launched in thinking about it as prospective students, we actually went live for prospective students before we went live for current students. So that was a part of our overall strategy and timeline. And we wanted to make sure that the content was synced up to really connect with those prospective students. And in terms of the admissions information going out to those students, we were very strategic as well in terms of the timing of when we made students aware of the Elevate site or even the Elevate initiative. So it was very strategic and very much based on timing as well. And that continued through much of the spring semester. We actually, because of timing and because of where we were the semester, we really didn't make a big push to current students until later in the spring. That's partially probably because of bandwidth and staffing. Also, you know, strategic in that we wanted to focus on prospective students first before we felt ready for current students. And the way that we envisioned it, and you know, these things constantly evolve, is you know, we see the Elevate portal or you connect as kind of a, a cycle in terms of where it's going to focus as well. There's always going to be a focus on current students, but where we really are thinking about content delivery and um, where we're going to make a push is going to change throughout the year. So fast forward to now, November, which is hard to believe, <laughs> and because uh, it's still pretty nice in Chicago. And we're definitely focused on current students mm-hmm. right now and making sure we keep Elevate front and center for our current students. So one of the things that we just recently did is we're having Elevate Month, and we're tying it into National Career Development Month, which happens to be in November. So we did a big kickoff, actually in October, tied it in with Family Weekend, got a bunch of t-shirts. Always got to have the t-shirts, yeah. Yeah, with the Elevate logo one, you know, that has a little bit more of an austere look to it, nice design, the other a little bit more cartoonish, serve all audiences. And held a big kickoff in um, one of our kind of rec facilities that we called the BOG. Invited families and students there. Had a chance to talk about Elevate there. And then kind of continue that theme throughout the weekend. And now through this month as well, we're hosting a number of career services events, large and small. And we're framing it all around Elevate. And that's how we keep it front and center. And certainly the portal is a big part of that. Folks know about it. Even folks on the technical side these days, I was just on a call this morning more about single sign-on and some changes we're making. And the Elevate portal was one of the systems we were looking at. So it's really interesting to kind of see how far we've come in just a year where it's just kind of talked about normally as other systems on campus from, in this case, you know, more of a technical security side of things. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, I think that really lends itself well to, you know, people have to know about the resources and they have to have access to the resources. And it lends itself to just making sure that, you know, career is deeply embedded into all aspects of the the student journey from prospect through graduation and Uh and and beyond. So, you know, I think that's really great. I, you know, I'm watching time. I still have lots of questions. So I want to, I want to dig into outcomes data. Uh I think that's a really big topic. Can you talk about you know, how outcomes data, and I'm going to pull up your outcomes data on your portal, as you call it here in a moment, so folks can see. Can you talk about outcomes data and how specifically, you know, you all are using it um, as part of the recruitment process and how you think it's really benefiting and helping students to visualize, go from just hearing stories like, oh yeah, you could do this or that to 
oh no, actually our students are doing this and that, take a look. Yeah, yeah, we're using it, I think, in a very intentional way in terms of telling the story for prospective students and even current students and, and other stakeholders at the university. So, so you know, one of the challenges, I think, in the career services space is talking about career outcomes. And we wanted to make it easy, easier for um, an external audience to really see the career outcomes and be a little bit more transparent about it. So the Connect outcomes pages allow individuals to filter by year, school, program, internship status, in this case, if they completed an internship or not. And this is all collected through our first destination survey mm-hmm. data. Mm-hmm. So we follow the these guidelines. So it's connecting data through survey and then secondary, you know, where you're scraping LinkedIn and so forth as well. And then we're using National Clearinghouse data, OPT and CPT data to fill in the gaps. So what this allows us to do is, as you can see, let folks know where our graduates are landing, mean and median salary, top hiring companies, and so forth. And, you know, if we circle back to the enrollment side for our admissions counselors, I think it's a pretty easy story to tell in terms of this is where you need to go to look for more, more information as well. So that's how we started using it. And, and in many ways, we're just getting going on it. We recently sent this information to the deans again, you know, as I mentioned earlier, as a reminder. And you got to kind of keep these things front and center. And I think the plan is once we have 2022 data ready to go, we'll host a town hall or a meeting for the university, at least the deans in leadership to talk about outcomes as well. And that's just a part of how we're utilizing it. So we're, we're kind of hanging our hat on that in many mm-hmm. ways. We've got some pretty specific goals as well as far as where we want to go in terms of our career outcomes rate. So yeah. we realize a lot of factors that go into it, yeah. uh, but yeah. uh, that's our focus. Yeah, absolutely. And I think having access to outcomes data as an admissions recruitment person absolutely can help tell the story. I think when I realized that this data exists in the way in which it's shown, I'm like, where was this when I was on campus? Because it's just so not uncommon to be asked by you know a parent of a student how much money is my student going to be making uh, Mm -hmm. two years after they graduate? Mm -hmm. At the time, you know, you're like, what a crazy question. How would you expect me to be able to answer that? And to now see like, hey, there's resources. Let's pull it up and let's, oh, you're thinking about this major. Let's look over here is incredibly powerful. I think, you know, across the board, but, you know, especially as I think about having those conversations with prospects. Yeah, yeah. And the way I think about it, you know, in terms of career services, and I think as many of us, who have been in the field for a while, I think, you know, we're operating in the fact that career services, I think, needs to kind of think about things differently, right? And it's more about career knowledge, just as much as it is career services. Mm-hmm. And that we're, not only do we want to offer the best services for our students in terms of advising resources and so forth, we also are a knowledge center as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the number one way in my mind that you can position a career services center at a university is being a source of knowledge. And if you have something that other folks don't have, and you realize it's an important part of the overall strategy, it's something you can really connect with and leverage in terms of the overall strategy. And I think that's something that we're that we're doing here at Illinois Tech. And you know, we're continuing to refine it, but it allows us to tell a story as well, which is really important in the kind of work that we do. Yeah. And I think to your point about, you know, being a knowledge center too, it's I think recognizing that you know, where there's strength in numbers and the more that we can enable and support other stakeholders all across campus to have meaningful career conversations, 
the better, right? The students are better off for it. I think all career services teams would probably agree. It's not possible for us to, you know, meet one-on-one and serve every student in the way that we want to. Thousands of students, the ratio just, you know, the numbers don't work. And so I think it's being really comfortable with saying we're okay with being the facilitators of career services and career knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's about scale um, in many ways. And that's what we're trying to do, you know, through you connect and, and and other resources and avenues. It's thinking about how you connect with students through technology, through ways that um, reach, you know, just uh, make information more accessible. And that's engagement to me. It may not be how many of us who kind of grew up in the field traditionally have measured engagement, but that's engagement. When you look at, okay, how many students are looking at the portal, how many are diving into a particular area, that's engagement. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So before we turn over, you know, I'll open it up for open Q&A here shortly. What tactical guidance or advice would you give to other career services leaders who want to see the benefit, like they're drinking, you know, they understand and there's a lot of agreement. How do you start planting those seeds on campus to say like, hey, we can help, we can really help. And how do you start kind of initiating those early partnerships and collaborations with a department like enrollment management? That's a really good question. I think a part of it has to do with timing as well. I think timing is everything. And so just an example, if your university happens to be going through a large-scale strategic envisioning type of session where you're thinking about your vision and mission, that could be a good time to really frame the role of career services and how you can be a part of that overall strategy. So I think to a certain extent, that's the timing element. The other piece is looking at just the overall culture of the institution as well and kind of thinking about what's perceived about career services And then what's the real narrative that you want to tell in terms of your story? Because I think it's important to constantly be telling your story because if you don't, someone else is going to do it for you, Mm -hmm. um, in my experience. And so what's that real narrative there? And then take that narrative and think about how that narrative can tie into the overall strategy as well. In this case, when it comes to enrollment, you could do the same thing for retention as well, in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... Really, I think from there, and what we've done is being able to hone in on specific themes. And in this case, it's about the experience and guaranteeing experiences. And this is a hard work. And then how do you operationalize it? Yeah. Um, So the operations are a part of the strategy as well. Not easy. And we certainly don't have it perfect, not even close. But, you know, we're continuing to kind of iterate and refine it as we go along. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a process. And I know you and I have talked about you know, there's always the work to be done. And I think mm-hmm. you, know, you even acknowledged, hey, it, you know, we take a step back and look at, we had a good year for enrollment, but there's always the next project to be working yeah. on. I think that leads me into just a question about, you know, the other side of the, you know, no, it's never fun to talk about, you know, enrollment in terms of revenue, but it's just kind of the the fact of everything. The other side of the coin is, okay, so you've enrolled new students, you got to retain the ones you have. Can you speak just briefly about if you all are looking ahead to double down on retention using kind of this elevate the portal or this concept? We are. We are. It's a big part of our strategy, actually. So we're, I would say in some ways, we're just getting going on it, but we believe that experiences lead to community. And, you know, when you look at kind of the whole George Q and, and, and high impact practices, connections to community, 
which can happen through experiences is a big part of the retention process. So that's one way in which we're using Elevate to really focus and double down on retention. So I think what it comes down to, I think, is students need a sense of belonging mm-hmm. and experiences are one way to do it. It could be through student employment, working on campus. It could be through you know research, student orgs and leadership. And that's all about experience. Mm-hmm. And as we know, by the time the students get to interview for an internship or a job, you know, they're going to be asked to articulate those experiences as well. The stronger the experiences they have and the more that they are able to articulate those experiences, they're going to be better off. And I think that's really the goal. So yeah, I didn't say this, but you know, someone said this to me recently is I think to a certain extent, you have to think about things in terms of revenue as well. And the two primary drivers of revenue at a university is enrollment and then retention as well. And I think if we think about those things, and it's not an either or, you can really align some of your strategy in terms of how you serve students programmatically and so forth to hone in on those areas. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do see some questions in the chat in the Q&A box that I'll get to. I think one of my last questions for UT, and I feel like every, you know I keep saying one of my last questions, but I would love, I mean, what a cool journey that you all have been on in this this last year and obviously lots of work to be done, but would love to hear about you know, how is this this partnership or this initiative that you all kind of embarked on in the last year, how has it changed the role of career services at IIT? And, and for you too, you know, specifically when you started on campus three years ago, how has your role changed and what types of conversations or meetings are you a part of now? Yeah, I think it's changed drastically. My role and the team's role as well. And, you know, I, I got to acknowledge your team as well. You know, this has been a huge team effort. So it certainly wasn't just me. It was a lot of thought leadership went into this and a lot of hard work. I think it puts us at, you know, at the center of the conversation at the table for all things related to strategy and so forth. I'm surprised sometimes that I'm on the same email string as the top leadership at the university about some key things, mm-hmm. um, provost and president and so forth. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but that happens often. And then in terms of strategy as well, you know, we're right in the middle of it in terms of how we think about where we're going to go going forward in terms of an organization and how we continue to reposition ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it means that you know, we're in the middle of, of a lot of things. So certainly has changed a lot for me in terms of how my role is viewed and going forward. And I think this also has changed how career services is viewed as well. And I think we're at the point now where it's more so maybe at a tipping point where folks will say, oh, we see what career services can really do and provide. I get it now. And I think that's where we are at this stage. And the leadership, and I've heard this, will say, okay, we're not doing this without career services. They're going to be in the middle of this as far as what's where we're going. And I think there's that realization. So that's good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think we go back to my question about you know, making the case and starting those those conversations, I think there's absolutely a story and a narrative to be told. And I think you just hats off to you all in IIT and, and the work that you've done. And I really am just so appreciative of you coming on and talking about your story. So we have 14 minutes left and we have several questions. So you're on the hot seat now. Yeah, I can so tell. We're going to go. Tell. You've kind of taken a look. So I'm going to jump right into it. And, and everyone, if I haven't asked a question, you're welcome to, to put it in the Q&A box or in the chat. Um, I've been trying to kind of keep tabs on things, but I'm going to go with one that's just right kind of near the bottom. And I love to see 
we someone says our AVP of admissions is on the webinar with us career services folks. So love to see, you know, a partnership yeah, already, great. already in the works. She Robin's asking, how is admissions helping to build the pages on the UConnect site? So is there any direct involvement? I know you talked about early collaboration, but maybe the ongoing part. And then is there any data that you can kind of point to or that you all looked at to kind of say the UConnect platform or your portal is directly related to the increase in enrollment? Yeah, there is. So admissions, has an, we have an ongoing dialogue with admissions in terms of building the site and what they want to see. So it's with the staff, but often, you know, my counterpart as well. So at the leadership level, in terms of that's ongoing. The data, you know, we do have data on why they chose to attend Illinois Tech. You know, it's not just, frankly, you know, students probably don't know that they're looking at you connect. <laughs> really what they're looking at is Elevate. And so we have data that says, okay, Elevate's a part of it, of why they chose the um, Illinois Tech. But there's also many other data points as well in terms of why they chose the university. So I think it was really more about this was a part of our strategy. It was central to our strategy in terms of why you know we saw the increases. Certainly, there's a myriad of other reasons of why we saw saw the increase. But we know that we're going to stick to this in terms of the Elevate story, mm-hmm. co-curricular experiences, guaranteeing experiences. That's what we're going to be really focused upon, you know, for subsequent years and. You know, we had a successful first year, but we're just getting going. And, you know, one year, I think one year is not a trend. And so I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where we land next summer or late in the spring as well, you know, at this stage, both at the undergraduate and to a certain extent at the graduate level. So, yeah, well, I'll send the calendar invite for a webinar part two for a year from now. And we can talk about how year number two went pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So let's see, there's another question. You also mentioned career readiness. What did your Mm -hmm. university change in regards to that initiative? I think it's just an awareness of career readiness, I think is the first thing is we certainly, you know, honed in on a lot of things that NACE has worked hard on and focusing on that in terms of where we want students to focus their time and where we want our students to gain our experiences. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just as much about using the language of career readiness Mm -hmm. And thinking about career readiness in terms of everything that we're doing. So, you know, in the classroom and outside of the classroom um, and how this ties into career readiness. I think those are some of the things that we're really doing. So it's a big part of the conversation, too, in terms of talking about career readiness. Yeah. Has this all of these initiatives involved or included the involvement of faculty? They have. They have. So there's, I would say one of our biggest partners is certainly on the academic affairs side, you know, our Office of Academic Affairs, but also with faculty as well. So one of the things that we actually did initially when we were rolling things out last spring, I don't know if I mentioned the audience, but the town hall that we did last spring was specifically for faculty as well and staff, but that was the audience and we had good numbers attend. It's a little nerve wracking. I mean, (laughs) virtually anytime we were doing that. And certainly I've presented on this, you know, in various committees and and so forth as well at the university level. So faculty are definitely aware. I think the challenge with anyone is you got to continue to tell the story, you know, because you will continue to get questions about, you know, what is Elevate? How has it changed? And the good news is people are talking about it, but you have to work hard to constantly make folks aware of where it is now Mm -hmm. um, versus what Elevate was five years ago. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you share any insight into your funding model 
for you connect? Are you relying on grants, operational dollars, both? Is there um, funding, cost sharing among different departments? Anything that you can chime in on that? Yeah, right now it's operational in terms of how we utilize it. We're in the position here where, you know, certainly in terms of career services, we're in the position where we can generate revenue as well. And so I think down the road, we'll be looking at models where it's a combination of operational and revenue that helps you know, pay for the expense or subsidize things. We're kind of, you know, because of the space we're in at the university, I, I realize that there's different flavors of career services offices at a lot of universities. So we're really kind of the central office. You know, there's a law school and our business career center is a strong partner with us, but we're kind of in the position to really drive things forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a part of how we're organized as well. So that's why a big part of it's coming out of the enrollment, you know, operational side of things at this yeah. particular stage. So yeah, that definitely makes sense. There was a question about, and you've kind of spoken to this, but I think as it relates specifically to other divisions and other departments, um, like how did you all go about getting buy-in and participation from others to get those different experiences to populate in your portal? So you know, study abroad, events, classes, et cetera? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's being able to tell the story again and the value is really the key and making sure that the team is all on point in terms of what that value actually is. So really kind of having your talking points Mm -hmm. and being able to hone in on it, I think is important. So even though, you know, the orgs that the offices that roll up to me, there's a number of them, even I have to work hard to make sure that I'm constantly talking about the value as well of Elevate, of Uconnect, and what we're, we're trying to do. And I think you focus in on that. You connect it to the experience again. So really being able to stay on point. So mm-hmm. even though you could think, oh, while they report up to me, of course, they're going to align it. It's not, it doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> so. Yeah. Internal marketing is and selling, right? Is like you're always, yep. always having, and you've talked about that earlier. You always just be repetitive. You continue to talk about, you know, the value prop, the message, the mission, et cetera. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. A good example of that is, is last weekend, we did a virtual global gathering and we had a you know good number of alumni attend from around the world. It was all focused on Elevate. Well, not all of it, but a good portion of it. So um, two of our key staff members presented on Elevate from the career services and campus life side to, you know, almost a hundred alumni from around the world. And then I presented in terms of Elevate and the alumni connection, you know, with, with an alum as well. And even our president and our vice president for enrollment had Elevate in their talking points. So it's the ability to kind of stay on message mm-hmm. um, and really make sure that we're sticking to that with our audiences. And so I think that's something that we've done pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Last question. And I know you have a meeting immediately after this, so I'll get you off here. Yeah, I do. I do. To my dismay. (laughs) Of course. So there's always something to run to. This goes, what you mentioned this way back early in our conversation about when you all were were preparing to kind of build and launch your portal, that you were able to partner with, you know, a group like IT on campus. Mm -hmm. Any tips and tricks for just partnering with an IT department to kind of like this is a priority. How can we, you know, get things moving along quickly? You know, I think it comes down to the relationship and you got to decide who is going to be that point person or persons on the relationship side with IT. In our case, we had a really wonderful project manager on the IT side mm-hmm. who helped drive things along. So I think we're organized in the right way. I think it's being able to um, 
know that it's a collaborative process, that they're really trying to help you. They may not understand everything that you're trying to do, but making sure they're a part of that process as well, especially in our case, when it's really a fast build and we were you know, working against you know, some deadlines as well. So really focusing on the relationship that you're in that space with them, explaining you know, what you're trying to do, and then them working with you and on the Uconnect side as well in terms of those technical elements to make it all work. But I think being there in that space is important. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's, you know, one, if you have one last thing, it's just very related. How were you able to get offices other than career services and faculty to see the value of you connect and kind of going all in on it? Did it come from above or is it, did you drive everything? It was collaborative. So I would say it was kind of from the ground up. A lot of folks were involved. So I think it was, I like to think that it was shared in terms mm-hmm. of this vision and it, it coalesced around this. So a little bit organic, but realizing that we had something to coalesce around. And I think that's what we did and that's what we're continuing to do. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I feel like that's a great way to wrap things up. T, thank you so much for your time and being willing to hop on and just talk about some of the great things you all are doing at IIT and congratulations on on record enrollment. But always looking forward, right? Always something else to focus on. So good luck to you all and best of luck wrapping up the semester. Great, great. Well, thanks everyone for joining in. Thanks, Ashley, for having me. Delighted to have this conversation with everyone. I know everyone here just have so much respect for the work that everyone's doing here in this field, having been in it for such a long time now. It's wonderful to see folks join in on this topic. So Cool. And T, can people like connect with you on LinkedIn? Absolutely. Yeah. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty visible there. So feel free to connect. Always happy to share more insights as well. I know we didn't get to every question today. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Um, and right. just rest of your week. Take care. All right. Thank you. That's all for this episode of Career Everywhere. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time.